Good morning and welcome to First Baptist. We are so excited to have you here with us this morning. And our prayer is that as the morning goes on and as we close, that you will be excited that you have been here, not just sitting, but also participating, just excited to see how the Lord is working among maybe your life as well as the people that are um, part of the family here at church. I want you to stand as we begin this morning, but I also want to invite the kids up to help out with the song, God So Loved. We had about three of them last week. That was probably almost the total amount of people we had here last week. So we are so glad that there are more of you, but um, kids, come on up and help us with the song, God So Loved. And you know what? If you feel inclined, you can come all the way to the top because now there's people that, you know, might be blocking our view. Yeah, you've seen Nate get up here. But we love it when you join us. What a great way to start our morning, just reflecting on the love that God does have for us. And you know, we can sing and be joyful about that. Live for that. 
Next time, we're going to have your parents come up and do it, okay? <laughs> they probably know the emotions, too. <laughs> you may be seated. Well, good morning. It's going to be a fun day today. We are going to, Lord willing, do some baptisms, and then sing a couple songs, and then receive communion. Uh, which we're going to pass out the elements to communion in a couple, you know, during this next set of songs, I think. And after we take communion, we'll do another song or two, and then we're going to bring people into church membership. And it's going to be a nice, full, fun day. So we're glad you're here with us this morning. So when we do communion and baptism, especially baptism, I feel like, I need to explain why we do baptism and what we're doing when we do baptisms. Because baptism, I think, is the strangest thing that we do. If, if you think about this from someone like from a, another planet or that has no idea what's going on, they, they kind of come in and have never seen a baptism before, let me just tell you how it's going to go, like if you've never seen anything like this before. So, our friends here in the front uh, will voluntarily come up uh, the steps into this really, really fancy, custom-designed horse trough, and they'll sit down. I mean, that by itself is weird, right? Like, they're in shorts and a t-shirt, and they're going to come in, and they're going to sit in the water in front of all of you. How many of you bathe in public? Like, that's, that's kind of what they're doing, you know, with clothes on. They're going to come in here and sit in this horse trough, and then I'm going to pronounce some strange words, grab them by the face, and dunk them. And you are not going to be horrified. You're going to cheer. And that's the weirdest part ever, right? Like, because you're like, yes, this is so awesome. He just grabbed Sophia by the face and dunked her. It's weird, and, and unless you understand what it means. And so I really have to explain what this means so that we can rejoice together as we, as we do the baptism. So before we do that, I'd like to pray and then read to you from Romans chapter 6. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, talk over me while I talk to them about baptisms, about the Lord's Supper, and about church membership. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified today as we are bound together as a church family. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are in Romans chapter 6 to understand baptism. The Apostle Paul writes, What should we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Okay, so the book of Romans is not written only about baptism. Baptism is, is one of the things that comes up in the book of Romans. Right now, in the flow of the argument, 
the Apostle Paul has been explaining that God's grace is bigger and stronger and better than all of our sin. He says, what should we say then? Should, is, should we keep on sinning that grace might keep on abounding? And so he's saying, like, because it's true that God's grace is bigger and stronger and better than all of our sin, does that mean that because God is really good at forgiving that we should just go on sinning? Like some of us have probably thought that at times. Well, I'm really good at sinning and I kind of like it. And God is really good at forgiving and he seems to like it. So maybe it's a great relationship and we should just keep on doing that. And the Apostle Paul is answering that question right now. He's saying God's grace is big enough to forgive everything you've done. It's strong enough to help you overcome anything you've done or anything that has a hold on your life. And it's, it's just bigger and better than all of your sins. So should we keep on sinning that grace might keep abounding? And this is how he answers it. He answers it with baptism. By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it this is this is his answer is you should not keep on sinning because you died to sin how can we who died to sin still live in it do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death okay so let's let's talk about this phrase by phrase so remember, he's answering the questions, why shouldn't we just keep on sinning if God will keep on forgiving? So if God's grace is big enough to forgive us all of our sin, why not just keep throwing it on the pile, knowing that God will keep on burning it up in forgiveness? Why not keep doing that? He says, because you have been baptized into Christ Jesus. That's the first thing he says, is you have been baptized into Christ Jesus. So the baptism is a picture, first, of newness of life. This is what we're going to show. We're going to show that baptism, when you come up out of the water, it is a picture of new life. You're born into something new. You're doing away with something old. You're going towards something new. When we do potty training, some of you are like, that's a transition. When we do potty training, it is a study in psychology and motivational theory. Because what you're trying to do, what you have to really concentrate on with potty training, because usually they don't want to learn how to use the potty, you know? And my mom calls it potty wars. And so what you really, it's like a study in motivational theory because you're trying to push against bad habits. So you're trying to really discourage bad habits and you're trying to really encourage good habits. The Apostle Paul is really trying to discourage bad habits. He's saying, don't go back there. You're done with that. He's also trying to really encourage good habits, saying you've been born into something new. You're baptized towards something better. You're baptized into Christ Jesus. So this is a picture up here of the body of Christ. So Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose, and now we are in Christ, and baptism is a picture of that. It's like the entrance into the community where we become part 
of his body. This is why we require baptism before church membership, because it's a picture of his grace. So do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Okay, so positively, you're baptized into Christ Jesus. Negatively, you're baptized into his death. This means that sin that used to have control of you, that used to coerce you, that used to be in charge of you, it no longer does that because you have died to it. So when you go under the water, it is a picture of your death. When you come up out of the water, it is a picture of newness of life. Underwater, you died. You're not going back to it. It no longer controls you. Out of the water, newness of life. You're new in Christ. Negative, you died to it. Positive, newness of life. You're going forward. Okay? So do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. Okay, so this is why we totally submerse. This is why you go all the way under the water. All of you goes under the water. This is why. Because you're buried with Jesus. You're buried. You're not going back. Here's the thing. This was a picture in the ancient world. You died with Christ. You're buried. When you're buried, everyone knows you're not coming back. You're buried. You're not going back to the bad old sins that used to be in charge of you. You're buried. You're not going back to the bad old way that you used to live. You have died with Christ. You've been buried with Christ. You're not going back. You go under the water. That's your death. You're buried. All of you, every part of you, every inch of you, Satan has no control over any of it anymore. No part of you can be coerced into sin anymore because all of you, every inch of you has died with Christ. Every part of you comes up out to newness of life with Christ. We were therefore buried. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father we too might walk in newness of life. You see this? Like, you, this is the old you, pre-baptism, really pre-your salvation experience, pre-getting saved. This is the old you. You died, you were buried, and you're raised with Christ to newness of life. In Christ, okay? So, here's the thing. Baptism is a picture. So, let me be really, really, really clear about this. The water is not magic. The water is not magic. There's nothing powerful in and of itself with the water. So, Tony and I are friends, and we work out together. And I can say with all integrity and honesty, he can do more pull-ups than me, which makes me jealous and angry. <laughs> so I'm just, just showing you my cards, you know? Super jealous and angry. But let's say that somehow I could beat him in a fight. And so I'm like, Tony, you're going to be baptized. And Tony's like, I don't want to be baptized. Tony, you're going to be baptized. I don't want to be baptized. Tony, you're going to be baptized. And, and I grab Tony and I put him in a headlock, which would be really hard because he's really strong. But I grab Tony and I put him in a headlock and I drag him up these steps and he's fighting me the whole way. 
And we're like, oh, Tony, you're going to be baptized. I don't want to be baptized. You're going to be baptized. And me, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I jump into the baptismal tank, and we really hurt ourselves because it's kind of narrow and kind of shallow. But we go in, and, and he comes out. Hey, did that help, Tony? No, because there's nothing magical in the water. It's just water. Let's say that with Sophia, I say to Sophia or Mason um, or Julie, I say, look, we really need to pad the numbers. We really need some people to get baptized. So I'll pay you a hundred bucks to be baptized. For the record, I have not done that. Well, let's say that I do. Let's say that I say, I'll pay you 100 bucks to be baptized. Will you be baptized for $100? And you're like, well, for 150 And I'm like, okay. Would that help them? No. no, it wouldn't help them at all because there's nothing magical about the water. This is a heart issue. So when this is true in your heart that God convicts you and God convinces you, you died to sin. So you are utterly forgiven of all your sin. Every, every sin, you're utterly forgiven for all of it. And none of it can control you anymore. And you're raised to newness of life. When that comes true and you believe that, this is a great way to experience that physically as a picture of God's grace. Baptism is a picture of what God has done inside us. There's nothing magical about the water. Okay, so baptism is a picture that God gave and God commanded. So here's what baptism pictures. I've already set up, but I'm going to say it again. Baptism pictures are death to sin, so that we are utterly, totally forgiven for all of our sin. And it means that we can't be coerced into sin anymore. Maybe there was a time in your life when you couldn't help but sin. You didn't want to sin, but you were dragged into it, and you kind of wanted to. Maybe there was a time in your life when sin was bigger than you, stronger than you, better than you, and, and it just kept, you just kept on sinning. Well, this is a time when God's grace is bigger and stronger and better than all of our sin, and he saves us, and so we can't be coerced into sin anymore because of the power of God's grace that put us to death to sin. So we have died to sin, so we can't be coerced into sin anymore. Now, do Christians still sin? Yep. Yep, we can sin, but baptism means we don't have to sin anymore because we died to it. You don't have to. You died to it. You're buried. You don't have to go back to it. Because of God's grace working in you. So baptism means we're dead to sin. We don't have to go back to sin. Baptism means we're alive to Christ. Baptism means that you've been raised to newness of life with Jesus. Baptism means that you're different now. So, remember where Paul started? He started with a question that we're all asking. Like, well, if God's grace is bigger and stronger and better than all of our sin, then why don't we just keep on sinning so that God will keep on forgiving? Do, do you see his answer to that here? Well, first, because you died to it. That old you is dead. That old you that couldn't help but sin, 
dead, and number two, positively, because you've been raised to newness of life with Christ. Because you're raised to something better, raised to something different. Think of Jesus' resurrection. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was raised different. His body no longer got tired. He was raised so he could pass through walls and still eat fish. I don't know how that works, but I don't understand it all yet. He's raised better and he's raised different. Same thing with you. This is what your salvation means, that you died and you've been raised to something better and something different. This is my favorite part. This third part is the part that changed my life. Baptism pictures are death to sin, new life in Christ, and it pictures the power of God at work in us. This, to me, is the part that changed my life. When, when I felt like sin just, like I couldn't help but sin. Like it was bigger than me, stronger than me, better than me. Like, but it's not bigger and stronger and better than God who is at work in you. So, so look, let me read to you again from uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus. Hey, is that you active language or is that God active language? Have been baptized. That's God active language and you passive language. That is something God does in you. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Is that you active language or God active language? That's God active language. It's something that God did to you. You were baptized into Jesus' death. We were baptized, therefore. Is that you active language or God active language? That is God active language. See, this means that you don't have to put yourself... Let me say this correctly. This means that you don't conquer sin in your power. It means God has already conquered sin and his power is in you to help you live dead to sin and alive to God. And that's why we don't self-baptize. That's why Julie isn't going to come up here and say, I baptize myself in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and baptize herself. That's why I get to baptize them. I am a picture of what God is doing in your life. That you live a new life in the power of God at work in you. So look, if you believe this, Celebrate with us as we do these baptisms. Celebrate God's power at work in them and God's power at work in you. So let's do some baptisms. We didn't tell them who was going to go first because we have no idea who's going to go first. So would one of you like to go first? Okay, Mason. So, Mason, if you could uh, tell them how you came to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that would be great.
Hi. Um, so. Can you guys I, hear him? Are we on? Hello? The red light is on, John. Does that mean it's... Hello? There you go. That's better. <laughs> so, I grew up in a non-religious household, so I was not introduced to Jesus Christ until I, in sixth grade, at a skateboarding church in a Christian manner. Um, and that is when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. However, it wasn't until about six years ago when I started coming to First Baptist with my now wife, Abigail, that I truly learned what it meant to be a Christian and really felt what an amazing difference it is in your life when you actively seek and follow Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Mason. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, all the way down. So go ahead and plug your nose. Mason, upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. Go, go ahead and scooch forward a little bit. I don't want to hit your head on the... There you go. Mason, upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son the Holy Spirit. Good job cheering. I didn't even just stay there a second. And there, now you can go and sit down. I didn't even remind you guys to cheer, but that was fantastic. Cheer as loud as you can. Remember what we're celebrating. So who wants to go next? Kara's ready. Well, I was thinking somebody up here in a black and white t-shirt. All right, Tony, if you can grab the mic. My hands are wet, so I don't want to grab it. Tony, how did you come to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Um, so I've been going here since I met my wife. Um, her family brought me here. And it's just been a long process of um, people giving me testimony and uh, helping point me in the right direction. Appreciative of the church. So, so you, you came to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Oh, yeah, with uh, Scott one time and Ken another, just to make sure. Okay, good, very good. Go ahead and set it down. Here, I'll hold on to that for you. It's warm, isn't it? We're so thankful for Tim and Kevin yet filling it up and getting you nice hot water in here. So go ahead and plug your nose. Tony, upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Sophia? Sophia, you're welcome to keep your glasses on so you can see them while you're talking to them, but don't let me forget to ask you to take them off before the... We don't want to have to fish them out of the bottom of the tank. So, How did you come to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? So when I was like six, um, I did like those Bible mail-in lessons and like the first one came and my mom like helped me with it and it like walked you through like the 
um, steps to become a Christian, and that's when I like prayed with my mom, and then we told my dad after. Awesome, wonderful. Well, thank you for that. Can you just give one of them there? <laughs> Go ahead and plug your nose. Sophia, upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All right, Julie. Yeah, come on over here. That's okay. I'm just going to dry my arm off a second. So, uh, Julie, how did you come to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Oh, well, I was raised in and out of Christian Reformed churches. Um, but when I was about 15, a woman asked me if I knew Jesus and if I was saved. And I told her I knew him, but I wasn't sure if I was saved. So she walked me through the process. Wonderful, wonderful. It's, it's important to just straight up ask sometimes, isn't it? Do you know you're saved? That's wonderful. Amen. Well, thank you for that. Good. Go ahead and just set it over there. Julie, upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good job. Okay, there's one more slide I want to show you before we turn it back over to the worship team. And that is our next baptismal class will be on April 14th and 21st. Those are Sunday evenings. If you're interested in being baptized yourself, uh, the next baptism will be Wednesday, June 19th at Dumont Lake. And we already have some people that have taken the class and are ready to go with that so you wouldn't be the only ones. Um, we have a good group started for June 19th, so that's the next plan. So Melanie, if you can lead us, uh, I think you're going to pray for the offering and then lead us into some songs, that'd be great. Yeah, let's take a moment and pray for our offering before we do begin back into worship. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just am um, very thankful to come before you, Lord, and um, all of us, Lord, with open hearts, just filled with gratitude for the many ways that you have just blessed us each day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to give as an act of worship to you, Lord, and to show our love for you, and of course, to further your kingdom. Lord, I am also thankful for these individuals, Lord, that willingly stepped into the water as an act of obedience to you and to show their love to you to others. I, Lord, I, I pray that you continue to work on their lives as well as ours. 
Be with us this morning. Again, thank you for your gift of salvation. Thank you for your forgiveness, and thank you for your grace in your precious name. Amen. Would you please stand as we continue this morning? Um, just a great opportunity to reflect on the overwhelming love of our Lord and our Savior that not only can transform our lives, but of course it has that life-changing message of salvation.
Kids, you are dismissed to go back to class. And as we continue on this next song, I just want this to be a time just for you to start to prepare yourself for communion this morning, to remember that Jesus, you know, completely gave of himself so we could completely surrender to him.
Now we get to take uh, communion, and before we take communion, again, I'd like to explain why we take communion. Um, if you think about what we're doing here, I remember when I was a kid uh, being super jealous, because I used to sit in church with my parents most of the time, being super jealous that they got a snack at church, and I didn't. <laughs> and um, they're like, because you think that, you're not ready yet, you know? Uh, so, so what are we doing, you know, when we take communion? And I'd like to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, we read, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. So this is something that the Apostle Paul received from Jesus himself. And he says, you know what Paul says, I gave this to you as well, to the church. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And so we will have bread in here. Um, it's unleavened bread. So that's why it's dry and it's kind of the way it is. Um, I, and the Lord Jesus, the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. So when we take this, I encourage you, to when I read that portion and before I take the bread and then you take the bread as your participation with this, I'd encourage you to, to break the bread like Jesus broke the bread as a picture of Jesus' body which was about to be broken for us. Is that bottom communion, if you understand the Lord's Supper, you really understand the gospel. At bottom it is me for you is Jesus for our sins. He's saying, me for you. I'm going to give myself for you. So I will take the punishment for your sins that you could never fulfill. I will wash you clean from the stains that you could never get out. I will take your place so that you can have my place. This is what communion means. It's him for us. So when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the key part of communion. We do this in remembrance of him. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So why do we take communion? Why do we do this 
again and again and again, month after month after month after month. Why do we do this? We do this because it helps us remember Jesus' me-for-you death. So this is why when we read, for as often as you drink it, you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is why when we do this, we do this in hope that he will return and make all things new. So when we take communion, we're taking communion to help us remember Jesus' me-for-you death in hope of his return. This is why when we take this, this is not a potluck. Like, you didn't bring any part of this. That's because your salvation, you didn't contribute to it. He did the whole thing. He died for your sins and raised you to newness of life. He did that, and you just received grace. Like, you just are going to receive this. We, you, you weren't able to pay for this. You know, you didn't, we didn't walk around with a, a scanner and you could, you know, beep your credit card against it and like, bleep, that's $5 and you bought your communion cup for today. You, you didn't do that. We, these are, this is not for sale. It's like the gospel. You, you, just, you just take this and receive it as grace. You didn't earn this. It's not like we said, well, you can only take communion if you were good this week. Were you good this week? If you weren't good this week, you can't take communion. This is for people who are bad this week and know they need grace. This is for people who know I need to remember God's grace for my sins. He died in my place and I received that by grace. And I'm not saved by anything I've done. I am only saved by his grace, putting my faith and my hope in him. This is what it means to remember his me-for-you death, that he died in our place. He does all of it, and we don't get a part. He saves us by grace. It's something we receive by faith. So it's something we want to take because of this giant sacrifice and what this means, it's something we want to receive worthily. This is why the Apostle Paul talks about the importance of examining ourselves. So let's receive communion together. So if you, if you have your, your capsule here, if you want to open the bread and take the bread out, remember you can break it when you think about how Jesus' body was broken in our place. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now you can open the next one. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you sent your Son to be the Savior of the world, that we receive the grace of the forgiveness of sins in hope of new and eternal life. Lord, we're so thankful for what you do in us and our, the way we get to remember that. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.
sacrifice Jesus made at the cross as he died for each one of us so that one day we could make the decision to become part of his family and know that our future is secure in him. Let's continue.
Now I get to talk to you about church membership and what church membership is and why we do it. So if communion helps us remember Jesus, me for you, death, um, church membership I think can be summed up in Romans chapter 12, what we believe about church membership. And so chapter 12, verse 4, for as in one body we have many members. And so this is the key to church membership is thinking of yourself as part of the body of Christ and thinking of the church thinking of you as part of its body and you thinking of the church as part of your body, like that we are part of each other. So for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So they Illustration the Apostle Paul is using right here for the body of Christ. Remember our baptism, that we died and we were buried and we were raised to newness of life into the body of Christ. Well, that's, that's kind of the same metaphor he's using right now, only he's talking about our physical bodies. It's like our, our bodies, we have different parts, but they don't all have the same function. And so you have a hand, and your hand doesn't do the same thing as your lungs. You have feet, but your feet don't do the same thing as your heart. You have a mouth, and it has a different function than your hair. So they have, you have different functions with different parts, but they're all related to the same body. This is many members make up one body, just like different parts of your body make up your body. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. Okay, so the in Christ, we are in Christ, we are different. We are different, we're very different. Hey, we got an amen there, we're very different. We have different gifts, we have different talents, we have different passions. We're different, but we make up one body in Christ Jesus. We're all in Christ. And so, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we make up the body of Christ together as we are connected and because of Christ. So church membership is where we're saying we believe you are in Christ. In other words, we believe Church, church membership is saying you are part of the body of Christ. And also, when, uh, so when we bring people into church membership, which we will, we as a body are going to say about them, they'll be up here sharing why they picked this church, we'll be saying, we think you are in Christ. And they will be saying about us, we think y'all are in Christ. And I have the y'all because the you is plural, and I've explained this before, but if you're new, um, the English word you, you can't have, you know, there's no good way to distinguish whether it's singular or plural. You know, it's not King's English to say y'all, but it's the best way I know how to have a plural you. Um, even better than the UP's use guys, <laughs> which we could use, but I think I like y'all as shorter at least. So what they will be saying is you are in Christ. We are in Christ together is what we're saying when we do church membership. So church membership helps us participate in the body of Christ. So um, I thought I had a, oh, there's the mic. Thank you. 
So if you are coming into church membership today, you've been through the class, you've met with the deacons, why don't you come on up and... I'm trying to get out of the line, and it keeps surrounding me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rob, um, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm trying to get out of their line of sight. Can you guys see Rob and Julie over here, kind of? Okay. So, Rob and Julie, um, I just stole some of your thunder. Uh, it can be hard, but maybe you could finish introducing yourself and say your last name. And then, um, why you picked our church? Of all the churches you could pick, why did you pick our church? Well, I'm Rob, and this is my lovely wife, Julie. And we started church shopping around COVID time. And you guys had a beautiful online um, service, I guess you might say. But we were really struggling trying to find a church that was solid. There's a lot of churches out there, and there's a lot of people out there that want to tickle your ears. Thank God Pastor Nathan doesn't do that. He says, this is the word of God. End of story. So we started coming here online for, what, two and a half years, two, two and a half years, and finally, we said to each other, hey, we get up at 3 a.m. to go to work. Why don't we get up at 5 a.m. to go to church? We still get to sleep in two hours. <laughs> so we already already knew you guys. And it was just a pleasure to actually come in and be welcomed as people, not just, hey, another warm body. Can you give us money? No, it's like, who are you? Where are you from? What can we do for you? And that was family. That's biblical family. And we're like, this is our home. This is where we belong. So that's how we found you. Amen. That's so great. Yeah. So, for, so, so for most of you don't know this, but uh, they came into church and they already knew me from watching the live stream for two and a half years. They already knew Brendan from watching the live stream for two and a half years. They knew Cheyenne. They watched Cheyenne come, in, come on staff from watching the live stream for two and a half years. They knew, I don't think they knew Joni's name, but they knew who she was because being in the front, you get on camera a lot. They knew the Wallaces from, you know, being on camera a lot. Like, you guys knew a lot of people here just from, um, just from watching the stream for so long. And so we're so thankful the Lord provided that stream even before COVID. And so we already had it up and running before, before that happened. So we're just so, so, so thankful for God's grace in that. So we need a first uh, to bring them into membership. Stacy Parsons, Sarah, you got to shout your name. I saw your hand back there, but you got to shout your name. And second, Sherry Cooley. Um, all those in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right. Yeah. Amen. Go ahead. I'm Brenda Cow, 
and my sister Stacy Parsons has gone to this church for years, and I she would bring me to ladies' fellowship things, and um, I always felt very welcome. And so when I moved into this area, I started coming here, and again have felt very welcome. And like was already said, the teaching is sound, and that was important. And um, but the people are what makes a church as not just the not just the word of God. The word of God is the word of God, but the people make it home. So this is home. Amen. Welcome home. Can I get a first for Brenda? Joni Brummel in a second. I heard Carolyn and Linda, but Linda said her last name. So we're going to go ahead and go with Linda Evans. Um, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi, we're Laura and Tony Abbott. Um, Tony already got to talk today. So yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, he's, he's taken his turn. Now it's your turn. <laughs> um, I've been going here for 21 years, so this is my church home. And I mean, I, I kind of feel like some people are like, what? You guys aren't even members yet, you know? Yeah, so finally we are coming into membership because this has been our home all along. Um, you guys have saw us through many ups and downs throughout our life, and you've loved us through all of those things. So thank you for that. Thank you for being our family. Amen. I'm going to come down here so I can be close to the people that are talking. So we need a first and a second for Tony and Laura. I got a Brian Lilly, and yeah, we got to have Dad. Yep. John Schultz on the second. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. <laughs> I always forget the clapping, but the clapping is great. We got to do the clapping. So keep clapping even if I forget. So thank you for doing that. I'm Rachel. Uh, I became Christian. It'll be eight years this April. And I tell you, after you become a Christian, like you accept Jesus into your heart, the enemy is on you like crazy. So there's been a lot of things that happened in those eight years, but a lot of inconsistent things. But I would say that FBC has been the one consistent thing. Mm. So it's definitely time for me to do this. Awesome. That's so great. Thank you for that. All right. I need a first for Rachel. <laughs> I didn't even understand it, but I just heard this shouting. So Sarah Bailey, I think. And Brittany Van Falkenberg on the second. Maybe I didn't understand because you guys shouted at the same time with equal volume. All right, with the first and second. Melissa, did you get that? Okay. Um, we need to vote. So all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right. Very good. Hi, I'm Mason Swinehart. Um, I've been coming here for about six years, and I think the thing I love most about the church is Pastor Nate's teachings just always seem to meet me right where I'm at, um, and also just a church full of lovely people. Everybody is very welcoming and just very wholesome, and yeah, just a great place to be. Awesome. <laughs> We're so glad you and Abby are here. I need a first and a second. Okay, Kurt Woodhams. And I, can we have a couple be first and second? Because I heard Sarah yell really loud too. We can? All right, so Kurt and Sarah, first and second. 
Um, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. Okay, good. <laughs> if you guys can head to the back, we're going to welcome you into um, church membership with the right hand of fellowship after the last song. So if you guys can head to the back now, like get, get your stuff, like do what you need to do, head to the back, kind of Wes will show you where to stand back there, and then after we're dismissed, everyone can give you a high five or a handshake or a hug or a headbutt, and um, just in the back. Okay, this also, at this time, we are going to do something we haven't done for a couple years. So we, and it's been a couple years since we've received um, a benevolent offering or an other's offering, an offering that we use to help those who are in need. And so we um, receive these funds so that we can help people pay rent, so that we can help people buy their medication, so that when it's a crisis, we can fill a propane tank or, you know, like we can make a car payment, stuff like that. When people are up against it and it's a last resort, then we're able to step in and help. And so we haven't needed to take, um, take this offering in a, a couple years because it had been funded well, but um, we're to a point now where we need to receive it again um, for different reasons. So it's, it's time, like I say, it's time to receive this offering again. Let me pray, and then we will um, sing the final song and receive this offering. So Lord, we are so thankful for a, a great day um, in your house with your, with your family and uh, the church family. And Lord, I pray for uh, that you bless this offering as we give it. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified um, throughout the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Will you stand as we close this morning? This I believe, and this is what unites us as God's family.
Right now, we remember that God was not willing that we should perish, but sent his only son to join us in this mess and live among us and walk among us and show us the way of perfect obedience to the Father and then die on the cross for our sins, rising again, conquering sin and death on the third day, sharing himself with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, promising to return again and make all things new. May that God go with each of you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Test, test. I forgot.